All right, here we go. Sudden Step, the show taking you deep down into whatever level of knowledge we have available to you. And then, of course, bring you back up for a moment of levity, a moment of lightness, a moment of relaxation, if you will. Laughs, relaxation, levity, words that start with and or have L in them. That's what we are all about here. Um, so, Sudden I'm Sean Merle. With Alex Riddle, who know you hear him right there. How you doing, Alex? Oh, can you hear me? Oh, that's great. That's just wonderful. I was gonna say. Why would I not be able to hear you. You're right there next to me. Oh, okay. So we won't we won't uh, show him how the sausage is made. We won't talk about that at all. How we've uh, how this was the least sudden uh, start um, to sudden depth. You might I even think, call uh, it dragged out. <laughs> Our audience is vegetarian, so we don't want to show them any sausage or anything resembling sausage, for that matter. That's are you serious? For reasons, more than anything else. In that case, I'm I serious. Quit. Oh, no. Wait, let's calm down. If you're, gotta, if you're a vegetarian, oh. you're not allowed to listen to this podcast. We, I'm I mean, sorry. I would Executive tend order. to disagree with that. That's, no such thing exists. But if uh, you want to listen to the podcast and call in, you can always do that. I mean, by podcast, I mean radio show, of course. Live radio show. You can call in at 773-897-6182. You can talk to us on Twitter. Do the little tweeting deal. We're at Sudden Depth Show on Twitter. And or Facebook.com slash Sudden Depth Show. There are so many ways to reach us. You couldn't count the ways even if you were a math major. Hey, Alex, can you count the ways they can reach us? Um, can't, can't count them. No. Can't That's do it. exactly what I I surmised, and it, it just shows to be true yet again. And you know what's also true yet again, as I very clumsily segue to a new topic? Uh. <laughs> we'll work on that. It's a work in Segway alert. Yeah, it's a bit right. early. My, so, tr- my yeah. trumpet's not completely warmed up. <laughs> I'll say. By the way, before <laughs> we get to... Okay, fine. Before we get into the, the major topics of the day, uh, we're going to talk about Syria, so calm down out there. It's very important. We're going to talk about foreign policy, important stuff. We're going to talk about protesters in and, and all kinds of different places and left-wingers. We know you're used and accustomed to those things. But first, before that, I'd like to warm up with a bit of an anecdote, a, a short story, if you will, about an experience that I had. That's what I had at a popular fast food chain known as Sonic Drive-In. Now, I know you're thinking out there. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> well, Rashawn, why are you going to Sonic in the first place? What kind of person actually thinks that the things you get at Sonic are edible food? Now, uh, that is a fair point. But I will say they have tater tots there. And where else are you going to find tater tots? Nowhere, that's for sure. So, you know, I find myself going there every once in a while. They also have very large drinks. They call them Root 44s or... Or is it Route 44? Who knows? But they're very large, 44-ounce drinks. And so that combined with tater tots, I mean, you can tolerate everything else based on just that alone. So here's what happened to me the other day. So I was driving through a particular Sonic that shall remain nameless in the the great city of Houston, Texas. And, um, you know, I told the character and the little drive-thru boss exactly what my order was. And so I started the order off thusly. Hi, I would like... A large number two with no mayonnaise and no onions. 
And what do I hear back from this guy on the other side of the box? Go well, on. I hear, so I hear you want a large number two. Would you like ketchup, mustard, or mayonnaise? So let's review here. I just told the character I don't want any mayonnaise. And then a second later, he goes and asks me if I want mayonnaise. <laughs> and so right there, the flags are up. This guy is not listening to me. So I better walk through this very slowly with him because chances are when I get to the window, what I get in my bag is not going to be what I ordered. And so I go through every element slowly. So I say no mayonnaise, no onions, and no cheese. And I really don't like the cheese. Right? And so he gets the, the mayonnaise right, and then he, you know, and then I say no cheese, and then after the fact, he says, oh, you want no cheese, even though I had just said that. <sighs> yes, I don't want any cheese. Okay, and so would you like fries or tater tots? And, of course, you know the answer to that based on my uh, praise of their tater tots. system. I want tater tots. And I also wanted a cherry Coke Zero with light ice. Okay, so that's the order. That I, I, uh, let's review the order here. The order Wait, one more pause, time. pause. Yeah. Cherry Coke Zero with light ice? That's right, light ice. I just wanted to repeat that. We can continue now. Okay, good. So I get up to the drive-through window, uh, make my way there, and you know he he tells me the amount of money I have to shell out for this overpriced meal. And so I give him the little card there, which we millennials do nowadays. And you know he hands me back the card and a receipt, and then he hands me back what? Does he hand me back a the large? Cherry Coke Zero with light ice that comes with a large combo? No, of course not. Because why get the order right the first time? He hands me back a medium Cherry Coke Zero. And immediately I, I realized, wait a second. Son of a... This is, you don't get a medium Cherry Coke Zero with a large combo. And so I tell him, hey, wait a cotton pick in second. I ordered a large combo. Why are you handing me this medium Cherry Coke Zero? And then he says... Oh, you wanted a large? Now, wait a second. He repeated back to me when I first told him a large number two combo. He repeated back to me. So you want a large number two before he asked me again if I wanted mayonnaise. So he definitely heard me say that, but he pretends if you want a large, that's going to cost you extra, and you have to say you want a large. Well, I already said I wanted a large the first time. But okay, fine. That costs 21 cents extra. Yes, I remember the cents. So I, I give him back the car to charge me 21 extra cents. And then he goes and replaces the medium with the large. And then I get the bag with the food in it. And what is in the bag of food? <laughs> is it a large pack of tater tots? No, of course not. It's a medium pack of tater tots. And so now I'm really irked and irritated by this point because... I just explained to him with the cherry Coke fiasco that I ordered a large combo. And then when I tell him, hey, these tater tots aren't large, they're medium, he says, oh, you wanted a large combo? <laughs> yes, you pinhead. I said three times now, a large combo. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to have to check with my manager for this one. What do you mean check with your manager? Give me what I ordered. <laughs> So now I'm Just give me five extra tater tots, you piece of... Okay, calm down. This is a funny show. Your mother's listening, so keep that in mind. Um, so 
<laughs> that's that's terrible. Well, what is so terrible is so he goes back and I'm waiting for a seconds later, and he says comes back and says, okay, well this time I'm going to change them, uh, but you have to make sure you say a large. Give me those tater tots. I said large combo three times, and I left the I left the uh, Sonic very unsatisfied, and I took the time to go fill out the survey on the receipt and to voice my displeasure and dissatisfaction with the character who doesn't listen to what I tell him, and then basically calls me a liar on the way out. So uh, <laughs> now is that the most important story of our time? No, no, it's not. Is that it's hashtag first world problem? Yes, <laughs> well, yes, it is. But you know what? I have a show, and I wanted to talk about it, so I decided to talk about it. So there we go. Um, I don't know if you've had any – you probably don't need a whole lot of <laughs> Sonic or anything like that, Alex. I, I actually uh, – I have a Whataburger story. It's not as uh, ridiculous as that story, so I'm not going to tell it. I'll oh, tell man, it. but you – okay, good. Here we go. Um, the guy at Whataburger was this young man, seemed about maybe like 18. <laughs> okay. um, and I'm ordering, and I'm not really a Whataburger regular by any means. Like I maybe You're a go Whataburger there. Irregular. Uh, you might you might say that. <laughs> okay, well I, I go there maybe once a year, uh, you know. So uh, I don't know what everything is. So this this guy was just uh, super condescending, um, and uh, because I wasn't a, a regular apparently. Um, so so he's like, "Do you want any sauce?" Um, yeah, you know. And I'm like giving him the opportunity to tell me what my options are, and he's like looking at me like, uh, "Dude, so which sauce do you want?" as if I already know what the sauces are, you know? Um, yeah. And like, it takes him uh, like a good several seconds before he starts like uh, telling me what they are. And then he just like, he's like, duh, 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 like he just spits them out like that. And, I, and then fi- finally uh, he gets to the last one, which was like something I'd never heard of before. It was like jalapeno ranch or something like that. And I was like, Oh, that sounds good. I'll have that one <laughs> <laughs> on, on the last oh one he mentioned. And I was like, I'm really glad I made that guy do that. Yeah, but that's yeah. what you get. Saucy pants. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was it's uh I don't know, like it's a uh, it's okay I guess to expect people to to what? You, uh, these is that people, ridiculous? you know, these people can't get simple orders, right? You know, they're the ones that Bernie Sanders says we have to pay $15 an hour so that they can you know, give us the wrong size and uh, act condescending to us when we ask what the menu options are. No, they have to get $15 an hour. Okay, that's persuasive. And by that's right, persuasive, I... I mean that's not persuasive. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, very, it's, very, uh, it's a very interesting situation to find yourself in when the Whataburger, you know, the guy dressed in orange in front of you is like <laughs> acting like an elitist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, is he a, a classier clerk or is he refereeing something? I don't know. Uh, it's very hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, that's a, yeah, uh, uh, is the right word. Um, uh, just for this entire situation. Uh, well, yeah. that was um a good cathartic 
um, getting off of chess things. Um, that wasn't a good use of the English language I just did there, though. But I think it balances out with a good cathartic uh, getting off of chess things. Don't you agree? Um, I don't know what you just said. Neither does anybody else. So, well, I move on. so yes, I agree. Okay. When in um, doubt, always now. agree. That that's my policy. <laughs> well, <laughs> that. That policy doesn't usually work for me on like multiple choice tests, but uh, I can, maybe I can it's tell just you me. it's gotten to me. It's gotten me to some interesting places in life. I'll say, and we'll do a whole episode on that uh, some other day. But for now, <laughs> we've got actual important things, I suppose. And I, I know fast food chain customer satisfaction experiences are, you know, are they are kind of important. But other things that are more important <laughs> are, you know, whether we're going to go to war. That's kind of important. The, the world is rather that. unstable. Let us do that. The world is rather unstable these days. You never know when some country's going to pop off a, a nuke here or a missile there or a bomb everywhere. And because of that, it's just that important or just that much more important that we here in the beloved United States of America have a coherent foreign policy. However, uh, it's sometimes rather difficult to ascertain, if you will, the foreign policy of this administration. So, Alex, my, my good friend slash co-host, if you will indulge me for just a minute, I am going to deliver one of my patented Rashanologues, if, if you don't mind. Consider yourself indulged. <laughs> okay, good. I don't hear that that often. All right, here we go. It's time for the, the one, the only, the famous Rashawn monologue, or as we here like to call it, Rashawnologue. It's the Rashawnologue. It's the Rashawnologue. Now, as we all know, Donald J. Trump campaigned ad nauseum, pardon my French, on the slogan, Make America Great Again. However, as some number less than all of us know, he also campaigned on the slogan, Make America Safe Again. But what exactly does that mean? What exactly does the president plan to do to protect this country? Well, we know he wants to, big up, he wants to build a big, beautiful wall with a big, beautiful door on the southern border. We know he wants to take the crime and the drugs and the gangs off the street of Chicago. But what about when it comes to foreign policy? What exactly is the Trump doctrine, if you will? Well, for answers, we look to what he said on the campaign trail. We can't continue to be the policemen of the world. We owe $19 trillion. We have a country that's going to hell. We have an infrastructure that's falling apart, our roads, our bridges, our schools, our airports, and we have to start investing money in our country. Okay, got it. So, the Trump doctrine is we've got way too many problems at home to be going around being the policemen of the world. So what we're going to do is we're just going to invest in our own country. No more going around the world and bombing ISIS. ISIS is making a tremendous amount of money because they have certain oil camps, right? They have certain areas of oil that they took away. They have some in Syria, some in Iraq. 
I would bomb the shit out of them. I would just bomb those suckers. And that's right. I'd blow up the pipes. I'd blow up the refi- I'd blow up every single inch. There would be nothing left. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, wait a minute. What do you mean we're going to bomb the fecal matter out of them? I thought you just said we were going to put America first. My foreign policy will always put the interests of the American people and American security above all else. Has to be first. Has to be. Oh, so, so you did say America first. Well, then how do you explain all those Tomahawk missiles you fired in response to the Syrian chemical gas attack? Now, I know the use of chemical gas on innocent people is horrific. But how in the world does the bombing in Syria put America first? Did the gas attack cross some sort of red line for you, Mr. President? When you kill innocent children, innocent babies, babies, little babies, with a chemical gas that is so lethal, people were shocked to hear what gas it was that crosses many, many lines beyond the red line, many, many lines. Many, many lines. Okay, okay. Now now I'm truly confused. It, it doesn't look like the Trump doctrine is very well defined. I'm not sure even President Trump knows what his foreign policy doctrine is, much less the rest of us. He knows he wants to appear tough. He knows he wants to appear in control of the situation. He knows he wants to appear to be an impressive force for the rest of the world. And so that's why when he launched the missiles into Syria while, by the way, simultaneously having dinner with Chinese President Xi Jinping at Mar-a-Lago, this is how the president announced to the president of Xi about the Syria strike. I was sitting at the table. We had finished dinner. We're now having dessert. And we had the most beautiful piece of chocolate cake that you've ever seen. And President Xi was enjoying it. And I was given the message from the generals, that the ships are locked and loaded, what do you do? And we made a determination to do it, so the missiles were on the way. And I said, Mr. President, let me explain something to you. This is during dessert. We've just fired 59 missiles, all of which hit, by the way, unbelievable, from, you know, hundreds of miles away, all of which hit. Unmanned. It's so incredible. It's brilliant. It's genius. Our technology, our equipment is better than anybody by a factor of five. I mean, what we have in terms of technology, nobody can even come close to competing. Now, we're going to start getting it because, you know, the military has been cut back and depleted so badly by the past administration and by the war in Iraq, which was another disaster. So what happens, as I said, we've just launched 59 missiles heading to Iraq. Well, you headed to Syria. Yes, heading toward Syria. And I want you to know that. Because I didn't want him to go home. We're almost finished. It was a full day in Palm Beach. We're almost finished. And what does he do? Finishes dessert and go home. And then they say, you know, the guy you just had dinner with just attacked How did he react? So he paused for 10 seconds. And then he asked the interpreter to please say it again. I didn't think that was a good sign. And he said to me, anybody that uses gases, 
you could almost say, or anything else. But anybody that was so brutal and uses gases to do that to young children and babies, it's okay. He agreed. He was okay with it. He was okay. Oh, okay, okay. So now I know what the Trump doctrine is. If the leader of China says that U.S. military intervention in another country is okay while eating a a big, beautiful piece of chocolate cake, then that's when you launch. It's an America-first policy made in China. That's the best explanation I can come up with, and quite frankly, it makes about as much sense as any foreign policy strategy this administration has. It's the So first of all, what do you think about our new uh, Rashaunalog intro music? (laughs) That that good, huh? Well, that's uh, what I thought about it, too. I thought it was just brilliant. Um, But, you know, the real question is, what what in the world determines how President Trump will use foreign policy? How will he intervene into the military? Um, How will he determine when we go to war, when we don't go to war, when we strike another country, when we don't strike another country? Like this this whole idea of striking in Syria. Okay, yeah, that that, uh, was certainly different from the last administration where Barack Obama drew a red line and didn't enforce it. And Trump, I guess, enforced it to some degree. But what is next? What is the strategy? Oh, you're back from your coffee Wait. break. So, oh yeah, I was I was muted. I, I said a few things a second ago, but I was like, oops, forgot to take myself off mute. I said uh, you are culturally appropriating by uh, using that song, and uh, I'm going to stick all of Berkeley on you. So, get ready. Um. Next thing I was uh, saying was we could certainly speculate on to where his uh, uh, the his foreign policy originates. Uh, I was thinking one possibility would be uh, his emotions. You know, when he says the uh, the you know killing the little babies and stuff is really bad, so we're gonna bomb you, kill you. Um, sounds like. By the way, on that note, just a second. Can we can we talk about uh, your? You're the, the resident Lenny P. Linguist lips of the show. Um, the vocabulary of our president is, well, it's not that great. Um, let's listen to that clip one more time about his rationale for going into Syria in the first place. Listen to this. When you kill innocent children, innocent babies, babies, little babies, with a chemical gas that is so lethal People were shocked to hear what gas it was that crosses many, many lines beyond the red line, many, many lines. People were shocked to hear it was diesel gas, and it, it crossed many, many lines across uh, the straight line, across the curved line, across the red line and the green line, and the little bitty, itty-bitty, incy-weensy, teeny-weeny, yellow polka dot bikini babies. They were, they were, it was so brutal and so horrible. Like, is that, um, <laughs> is that... I, that's I, not very. I don't know. It's just me. I don't necessarily know that that's a very articulate uh, explanation as to why they go in because of the little bitty babies crossing many, um, many lines of the gas so horrible we don't even know what it is. I mean, okay. Uh, um, 
the thing about Trump is uh, he's not articulate. He is uh, um, talking to uh, in such a way that he he can be very easily understood by people with uh, you know who dropped out of high school. That like that's wow. that's what I that's how I think of his uh, his style of uh, I mean it's a, it's a style and I mean it's it's definitely cultivated. Uh, I think probably. Most probably through his uh, um, TV show, um, the whole reality TV thing. I think that's how he uh, cultivated this style, which is basically just uh, simplest language, lots of repetition of words um, and phrases. Uh, it's uh, and I, I think it's it's very effective for um, for. Her, Addressing sort of the uh, every man, every woman, uh, but it's it's when when wow. it's not very effective in formulating a uh, cohesive argument or uh, um, really really talking to you know like addressing like a college graduate, <laughs> for right. example. Well, you know we have we have Shaka Khan to address every woman. Uh, see what I did there, by the way. That's Pretty good, I thought. Uh, Wait, that's our, that's our important. vice president, right? No, no, no. EP no, Chaka no. Khan. No, 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 no. Uh, a nice try, though. Um, but okay, maybe next time. You know, you said right. You said his communication is effective, but you know, as was pointed out in yeah. that brilliant. <laughs> I that there's an asterisk by effective. Okay, well, it's effective with an asterisk. <laughs> right. Um, it got him. It got him elected, literal- but it's not good for for argumentation or really in depth explanation <laughs> of any kind. Right, and we're all about depth on this show. That's for darn sure. Um, but in that brilliant, if I do say so myself, Rashanalog, it was pointed out, you know, all the times that Trump would flip flop on his foreign policy intervention posture during the campaign and even after the fact. You know, you heard him say. You know, we're going to put America first on the one hand, but then we're going to bomb the fecal matter out of ISIS on the other hand. But then on the other hand, we can't be policemen of the world. But then on the other other hand, well, when you gas your own people, that crosses many, many lines. And so nobody exactly knows what kind of drives Donald Trump's foreign policy. Is he going to be the kind of isolationist, get out of other people's business, we can't build up nations type of president or will he be the neocon interventionist we have to save the rest of the world from themselves kind of interventionist because you know it justified the chemical attack in part uh, based on the idea that well they're gassing their own people with chemical weapons and if we don't stop them then other countries will do that and then someday down the road maybe they'll do it to us. Like, I don't even see the American interest rationale for that line of thinking. He said in that first clip, we have to build up our infrastructure here. We have too many problems at home. We can't be going all around the world. But on the other hand, he he just, I don't know, it's very impulsive and emotional, as you say, when he comes to these decisions. So that's why I don't know exactly what he's going to do. Yeah, I I would expect consistent, sorry, inconsistency. (laughs) That, I think that's the only wow. thing you can expect. I think he's going to, you know, uh, when uh, he and his d- advisors determine that 
it uh it makes sense or like they can they can get away with um bombing ISIS or bombing Syria they'll do it when they uh think it's going to be too complicated they won't do it um the um in insofar as we can verifiably say that uh Syria bombed its own or uh, chemically gassed its own people um considering that uh that previous administrations such as Obama had said you know you don't don't do that we will come and kill you and then uh failed to uh live up to that pledge i can understand wanting to keep some continuity um and uh set like go go back to that president's pre- precedent so that uh we we kind of continue to have a Another thing, he's about America first, but he's also about American strength and leadership. So uh, I, I can see there being a justification from that perspective. Uh, do you see what I'm saying? Well, well, I mean, there can be a justification for American strength. And, you know, he said many times, we're going to build up our military so big and bad that we're not even going to have to use it because other countries and adversaries will be so intimidated by the size of our military that they won't dare cross us. Well, that's all nice and fine and dandy, but as I said before, this attack in Syria didn't have anything to do with us. And yes, it was horrible, and yes, it was cruel, and, you know, Bashar al-Assad, who is the, the dictator of Syria, is um, an evil son of a female dog, but does that really require our intervention into that country? Yeah. And on top of that, a few days later, he launched uh, what they're calling... The mother of all bombs, dun-dun-dun, in Afghanistan. It's a 21,000-pound bomb into the mountains of Afghanistan, killed 36 ISIS members or thereabouts, and apparently no civilians. That's all fine and peachy keen. That's great we did that. But I would say be consistent with your approach to foreign policy. If you're going to be a Rand Paul type and stay out of stuff, then stay out of stuff. If you're going to be John McCain and bomb, 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 uh, as he joked during the 2008 campaign, then do that. But don't be wishy-washy all over the board. Um, yeah, so the Syria thing, what, well, the point I was trying to make was, uh, um, I mean, bombing the Syrian government bases and things like that, uh, That that's something Obama pledged uh, to do. He was, from a certain perspective, he's, keeping something consistent. He's being more consistent than uh, Obama was um, well, in that regard. Maybe, but, <clears throat> but it wasn't Trump who set the red line. It was Obama who set the red line. And that, Donald yeah, Trump that, didn't that, have to go into Obama's red line. Well, but, like, why, why not? You know, that the, uh, we, we don't want to have the impression of, oh, you know, every, uh, every couple years – we're going to just redo everything. We, we want some sort of continuity. We want, um, uh, I don't know, like some, some sense well, of... Uh, the thing, what? though, is Trump's not being continuous because being continuous, if that's the correct word to use here, the continuous policy would be to not do anything because that would continue the Obama policy of not doing anything. By bombing Syria with those Tomahawk issues, he's actually being non-continuous having yeah. a radical shift in foreign policy from the last administration. You're, 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 you're correct. But um, I'm, I'm saying think of it as fulfilling a pledge. Right. Well, it's fulfilling. 
I mean, it's fulfilling someone else's pledge, not his pledge. His pledge was America first. Right, right. We but have it, our own fu- problems to deal with. <laughs> it's fulfilling the American government's pledge. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that. You know, the government is not like uh, – it's not really a person. The person who made the pledge was Barack Obama on his own um, unilaterally, and he didn't you know, fulfill his pledge. And Donald Trump's pledge – was totally different from Barack Obama's pledge. You know, back in 2013, the, Do- Donald Trump didn't have attack, a, didn't have Donald Trump did not have a uh, um you know a coherent pledge as you referred to in uh earlier, <laughs> like <laughs> in your Rishonalog. Yeah, uh, sorry, Rishonalog and Amanamanan. He didn't have a pledge. He said America first, and then went back on it immediately, and went back and forth. Oh, Rashawn is disconnected. Oh, well, I guess I'll just keep talking. Um, well, that, that's good because uh, he wasn't getting the point that I was trying to make, it seemed like. Um, uh, so, you know, you know how that is when that happens. You just have to you just go in circles. But I think we were about to move on. Um, I was hoping to uh, address the... Moab situation. Um, oh, you know, it's inclement weather this morning here in Houston. Uh, so it might have been that uh, he was uh, flooded or, uh, it's, you know, something just awful has happened. Um, well, don't worry, I'm back. Uh, and I'm back again. Oh, good. I'm back. I was- Tell a friend. <laughs> I was just about to spread a rumor about uh, a Moab bomb being dropped on you. Okay. Well, <laughs> that is uh, probably, it's probably too soon for that, Alex, I would think. Um, but what I was trying to say before I was so rudely interrupted by, you know, technology, is that, you know, President Trump said in 2013 in a tweet, the president, meaning President Obama, must get congressional approval before attacking Syria. Big mistake if he does not. Uh, fast forward to 2017, President Trump attacked Syria, did not get congressional approval. He also said in 2013, um, why do we keep broadcasting when we're going to attack Syria? Why can't we just be a quiet? Uh, why can't we just be quiet? And if we attack at all, catch them by surprise. Well, that one's actually kind of consistent. This is, of course, yeah, a, he, a actually, CNN he actually article, lived so. up to that, right? Yes. How about this other one? Um, again, to our very foolish leader, i.e. Barack Obama, <laughs> do not attack Syria. If you do, many very bad things will happen, and from that, fight the U.S. gets nothing. All in caps, by the way. Um, so oh, the foolish leader was Barack Obama for, attack, for not attacking Syria. Or no, for if he were to attack Syria, Obama would have been foolish. But Trump has attacked Syria. So what, he's not foolish anymore? What about the many very bad things that will happen if you attack Syria and the fact that the U.S. would get nothing from attacking Syria? And he said it again in another tweet. President Obama, do not attack Syria. There is no upside and tremendous downside. Save your powder for another and more important day. Responding to at Walla underscore 3SSAF, he said... No, dopey. I would not go into Syria. Dopey. But if I did, it would be by surprise and not, 
blurted out all over the media like fools. And so the, the last tweet is, uh, let the Arab League take care of Syria. Why are these rich Arab countries not paying us for the tremendous cost of such an attack? So uh, really yeah. the only thing Trump is, is consistent about is the elements of surprise and, well, being unpredictable. But back then he clearly said that Obama shouldn't attack Syria, that there was no upside for us and only downside for us. And here he goes four years later doing the very thing he warned against Obama from doing. So, I mean, there's really no defense of that kind of flip-flop other than, hey, you were wrong. Either you were wrong then or you're wrong now. Which one is it? Um, Yeah. It's interesting, too, how he's uh, fighting both sides of the battle. I uh, think that's hilarious. Is hilarious the right word? Probably not. It's like it's, it's <laughs> bombing both sides. Um, right. But I guess, so they, I guess they all deserve sides, it. What do, you, what do you mean by both sides, though? Uh, ISIS, uh, the uh, competing state, and uh, Syria, the uh, established-ish state. Oh, uh, they're so, they're enemies, yeah. right? They're fighting each other, so we're fighting both of them. Well, sort of. It's, it's just a, it's a little more complicated than that. Curveballs. Oh, it's much more complicated than that. <laughs> it's a very complex so, situation. You, right, and you know what Donald Trump said back then in 2013 has some validity, even though you know the words that were used weren't uh, once again very impressive with which, many many very thing? bad things that'll happen. Right. So he says, um, if we attack Syria, many very bad things will happen from that fight, and the U.S. gets nothing. Well, what he's specifically talking about is um, deposing Bashar al-Assad, the leader of Syria, because the fear is, if you get rid of him, by the way, Obama also said Assad must go, and here he is, having not goed four years later. But if you get rid of Assad... And the rebels who are fighting Assad take over power in Syria. Well, we don't actually know who the rebels are, what their allegiance is, what their motive is, other than getting rid of Assad. What kind of government will emerge in the aftermath? Now, we've seen other similar situations, like the situation in Iraq, where we helped get rid of uh, Saddam Hussein. And now what is Iraq? It's been taken over by ISIS, at least a large portion of it has. And in that vacuum, you know, we got rid of Hussein, then we left Iraq too early, and we allowed a terrorist, you know, the JV team of ISIS to form in the wake of uh, that power vacuum, and now we have a mess in Iraq. Same thing in Libya. You remember your good buddy uh, uh, Gaddafi, uh, Muammar Gaddafi in, in Libya. You know, we helped get rid of him too. And now Libya is a failed state. Uh, their government's in total shambles and chaos and run by a bunch of, well, hooligans, for lack of a better word. And so the problem is, if you get rid of Assad in Syria, that very same power vacuum may form, and what may result is something much worse than the really bad thing we have right now, like what happened in Iraq and Libya. So that's, you know, what the, the value yeah. to a 2013 argument is. Have they? Uh, so I, I I do recall uh, right before the chemical weapons attack, I think Tillerson was saying, uh, you know, 
deposing Secretary uh, of State Rex Tillerson, you mean? Yeah, was saying Assad uh, deposing Assad is not a priority. Um, and then the next week they bombed, uh, or no, the, that yeah, very they dropped same the bombs. Week. You said that on like Monday and Tuesday. Very same week. Thursday they were bombing. Yeah. So have since then have they articulated um, like a that 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 might be a, a priority now, or is this kind of just a sort of guided by whatever they think is necessary or advisable in the moment? Well, sort of like so, a case by case basis. It wasn't just Rex Tillerson. It was also the UN the UN ambassador uh, Nikki Haley, former South Carolina governor. She was also out that early that week saying. Uh, you know, we're not going to get rid of Assad anymore. We're just going to have to live with him. And then he gasses his people on Wednesday, and then by Thursday, oh, no, no, no. We're not going to sit and tolerate this. And so on the Sunday shows that week, both Rex Tillerson and Nikki Haley and H.R. McMaster, who is the national security advisor to the president, they were all out trying to defend uh, the Syria action and trying to explain where we go from here. That Sunday, Rex Tillerson said, um, our priority is getting rid of ISIS, not getting rid of Assad, even after the chemical attack. Nikki Haley seemed to indicate, oh, no, we've got to get rid of Assad and, you know, kind of ISIS at the same time. And then H.R. McMaster was kind of playing down the middle. Well, yeah, Rex Tillerson said get rid of ISIS first, but that doesn't mean we're going to stop trying to get rid of Assad because what he did is terrible. And so – even within, you know, the executive branch, there is not unanimity. They're not singing from the same sheet of music, if you will, something that you and I right. both once did with regularity in our past lives on, you know, the foreign policy strategy in Syria and elsewhere. And the, the rationale, as I said before, was, well, they have chemical weapons, and if we don't stop the chemical weapons program, someday that'll threaten us somehow in the future some way. Uh, by the way, they only bombed Syria because of the chemical weapons attack. You know, Assad's government, or Assad's government is using regular bombs, barrel bombs, and other conventional weapons and killing civilians that way. How come we're not bombing those airfields with the, that kind of, uh, you know, have the planes with those kind of regular weapons on them? Why is it we only bomb the airfields uh, from which chemical weapons are launched? So the foreign policy, a kind of a theme of this show, is all over the map, literally. <laughs> Totes. Okay. okay. <laughs> all right. Well, well, I'm glad you agree on that one. <clears throat> so we got to figure out our foreign policy, and hopefully they'll they'll come to a consensus as to when we bomb people and when we don't. I'm fine with the element of surprise. I think Trump's been right on that, that we shouldn't be announcing when and where we're going to attack people, but at least have some kind of guiding principle for what, when you do things like that. Now, <clears throat> there are uh, a, a plethora, if you will, of other topics we can get to in a limited amount of time in which to get to them in this very eventful episode of Sudden Depth. So uh, where would you like to go next? That's a good question. I think what did we have? What did we have uh, on the uh, the old agenda? As you know, there were ridiculous, I mean, patriotic tax day protests because 
Today is the deadline to file your taxes out there. You got an extension of three days. So get them in today, folks. Tuesday the 18th, that's the, the tax filing day. Hope you filed your taxes. And to celebrate this momentous occasion, I guess, um, a bunch of left-wing nitwits were out this weekend protesting around the country for Donald Trump to release his tax returns. We can talk about that. Or... We can talk about uh, some of those other things that you mentioned to me off the air. There were lots of protests this weekend. We can can talk about the tax things. Okay, so... Tax tax protests, that is. The the root of this issue that the left is not letting go of is Donald Trump's tax returns. Donald Trump, during the campaign, said he was under audit, and ergo, pursuant to the advice of his lawyer would not release his tax return because, as he said, any lawyer worth his salt would tell you not to release your tax returns publicly while you're still under audit. Now, of course, there's nothing illegally that prohibits you from releasing your tax returns at any time, whether you're under audit or not. And there are certainly many tax returns um, from many years ago for which Donald Trump is no longer under audit, for which the audit is complete. He could have released those but chose not to. In fact, the only snippets of his tax returns that we've seen are tax returns that were leaked. Uh, There was one from 1995, a snippet of that that was released during the campaign, I believe. And then a few weeks ago, MSNBC, um, a left-wing host on that network, released a snippet of his 2005 return, in which, by the way, it was shown that he pays a higher percent in taxes than... Barack Obama did in 2005, and Bernie taxed the billionaires and millionaires Sanders did back in 2005. So uh, that kind of shot down in the narrative that doesn't pay any taxes, as Hillary Clinton kind of speculated about during a, a campaign debate with Donald Trump. But for whatever reason, Donald Trump has decided he's not going to release his taxes, and the left is making an issue of that, and even going out this past weekend and uh, organizing rallies that are demanding that Donald Trump release his tax returns. Now, does whatever is in Donald Trump's tax returns uh, affect these people's lives in any way, shape, or form? No, it does not. Um, but that's an issue that they're sinking their teeth into. And it's not just the left-wing kook protesters. It's the left-wing kook legislatures around the country the few Democratic legislatures that are left in this country after the 2016 election, some of them are kind of debating measures that would prevent Donald Trump from appearing on the ballot in their state in his 2020 re-election bid unless Donald Trump releases his tax returns. Now, of course, any such state law that is passed in any Democratic state is almost surely going to be challenged Um, on constitutional grounds, because as you know, the Constitution lays out the qualifications one must have for running for president. You know, you have to be, uh, have been born in the United States, you have to be 35 years old, you have to have lived here for like a decade or something. You know, those are the constitutional requirements to run for president. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say you have to release your tax returns. So those laws will certainly be challenged. But the point is that they are not letting this thing go. And, you know, they're not protesting uh, what's going on in Syria. They're not protesting 
the, you know, dozens of deaths and shootings every week in Chicago or anything like that, anything important, they're protesting something that doesn't affect their lives in the slightest. Now, for me, I'm rather indifferent as to whether Donald Trump releases his tax returns or not. Um, you know, there's, he clearly did pay taxes, as we saw in 2005. And so I don't have a lot of interest in those tax returns one way or the other. If he releases them or not, it's fine with me. But the left, oh, man, oh, man, these people, they're going to hang their hat on that. They're going to wring that around the neck of congressmen and senators who are running for re-election in 2018 and in 2020, demanding that they, uh, I don't know, subpoena Donald Trump's tax returns or at least demand that they be released. You know, Tom Cotton, who is a senator from Arkansas, you know, got an earful from Democratic constituents at a town hall this past weekend, some of whom were demanding that Senator Cotton subpoena his, his tax returns, Trump's tax returns. They don't actually have a reason why. They just want to know what's in them um, because it's, it's really a fishing expedition. We have a preconceived notion, we on the left, that there's something illegal or illicit or some other negative word that starts with an I and Donald Trump's tax return. So let's have them be released and find something that kind of confirms a pre-existing notion that we already have in our mind. It's, it's not pretty really convoluted. It's pretty, it's pretty witch hunty. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's a, you don't really have any proof of this. You just have your suspicions. You know, you, there's not, there's not a lot of evidence. Um, and by a lot, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no ev- concrete evidence other than, okay, uh, Trump seems like a scumbag. It's like, all right, that doesn't really prove anything. You have to have something a lot more concrete than that. That's, and and that's, that's the other thing that, that I, I don't understand about the – what do you think you're going to find in the paperwork that he submitted to the government? If you're looking for evidence of him, you know uh, – Sending money to, uh, you know, Putin <laughs> directly, that's not where you're going to find it. You know, like this is what he's disclosing to the government, the federal government. He's not going to disclose things that he did that were super sketchy. It's not going to be there. Um, anyway, Rashawn disconnected again. I think he's a... Uh, um, I th- I think blog talk radio is just overwhelmed by his uh, his presence. Just can't handle it, so it's just consistently booting him off. But um, so anyway, that's the uh, that's the tax day protest situation. Still talking about these tax returns. Um, the at Berkeley. Um, <laughs> what happened to Berkeley, Alex? Please. Oh, there you are. How nice. Someone should really get a better internet connection around here. And uh, is that what it is? With, if that someone probably starts with an I. I'll leave it at that. Um, anyway, so these uh, anti-Trump rallier people, rallyites, rallyonians, um, clashed with a pro-Trump rally, and things turned violent. Um, oh, man. You know, 
as we are uh, as is expected now. And uh, I, I recommend go- going and checking out some of the the videos of that happening. It is in fact we'll have pretty... our staff post some of them on on Facebook and or YouTube at Sudden Death Show, won't we, Alex? We absolutely will. We'll have that uh, stupid intern. Um, Come on. <laughs> anyway, um, I think his name starts with I as well. <laughs> Freaking <Yeah>. Ian. <laughs> God, yeah. Dang it, Ian. Ian's fault. <laughs> oh man. Ian. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty pretty ridiculous <laughs> where we've gotten to in America, the kind of shenanigans that uh, people are engaging in. Yes, according to the cable news network, i.e. Clinton news network advertisements, uh, at least 21 people were arrested in Berkeley, California, on Saturday as as supporters and opponents clashed, and of course, clashed is a, a very nice sanitized way of saying beat the defecation out of each other because that's what happened if you see some of this video um people some people were in masks i guess these were the quote anti-fascist crew which really is the most fascist crew out there the anti-fascist crew um pepper spray was being thrown like people were getting you know, their faces knocked in it it was really quite ugly but these these protests, you know, Berkeley, it's, it's Berkeley number one. So you want a place for left-wing protests, you go to Berkeley, California, especially on the campus, uh, the college campus there. And uh, bloodied faces here, bloodied faces there, bloodied faces everywhere. Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. It was wild. Um, are we going to, like, stop this protesting from happening, or are we going to have four years of this? Um, I don't know that like this, uh, election cycle and the continuation has, uh, really caused me to reevaluate my stance on protests before I was like, Ooh, yeah, tell. people, people want to protest. People want to gather publicly, you know, by all means, this is America. We support that and whatever. And now I'm kind of like, yeah, it should be a right and everything, but like y'all should really not do that. It's kind of dumb. Like, go go out and, uh, you know, go to your job or, like, go read a book or, like, just anything other than, gather, like, put on your masks and gather in a public place. Just, like, stop doing that. Anyway, I, I feel like there's a lot of books that have been written um, and, like, they aren't really being read by people because people are uh, getting, <laughs> getting all their silly nonsense, all their costumes on, and going out and uh, cosplaying uh, revolutionary action <laughs> in, <laughs> in the streets of Berkeley. Oh, you know, it's, it's just so silly. And, the, and also, um, uh, just to connect this back to um, my thought process on this, okay, so... When you protest, when you gather at a, uh, you know, at a government building, it should be because there is a law that you want changed or um, a law that you want enacted. Uh, it, needs to, it needs to be something related to something the government has control over. A lot of these protests right. 
are have nothing to do with government. They're protesting, you know, just the general way society is structured. And it's like, okay, you can't, you can't, you can't just uh, uh, have the government come in and uh, change, you know, you know, get like I don't know. For example, uh, make all the men women and all the women men, so everybody has feelings all the time um, and right. empathizes and with the, one another. A lot of protesting with society's general direction, I suppose, but also a lot of protesting, you know, just Donald Trump, just just the fact that Trump's in the White House. We're going to go out every week and, and protest that. Um, the Tea Party movement, you know, they had specific policy goals they wanted to protest. They wanted Obamacare gotten rid of. They wanted the burdensome tax system. Uh, they wanted relief from the burdensome tax system. They wanted fewer taxes. They wanted less yeah, exactly. government spending. They were tired of, you know, the government spending money on turtle tunnels and uh, shrimp treadmills and things like that. Whereas, you know, we saw back in Occupy Wall Street back in 2011, that was kind of the start of, at least in the modern era, since at least maybe Vietnam, of right, we just right. protest. We're leftists and we just protest just to protest. We don't have any specific idea of what we actually want. And we exactly. see that today with Donald Trump. None of those people had any idea while they, why they were there. But they like, were defecating on cars and, you know, raping women in, in Central Park. They were doing that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why they were there. Yeah, That's yeah. really why they were there. Despite their claims to, you know, wanting to change the world, really, you're just there to screw around and probably yeah, commit literally. crimes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And they see themselves as heirs to, like, the civil rights movement and stuff. It's like those people yeah. had concrete policy goals. You yeah. know? It wasn't just some, like, vague, amorphous, oh, the man. No, it was like they uh, – there were policies that were in place that were oppressing people. Um, well, it's, it's going to take me another week to look up and figure out what the word amorphous means. So we'll leave it there for now. And we'll, by the time we get back next week, I will know what amorphous means. I promise you that. Um, but, you know, until then, we're going to get out of here because the show's over. Let's get out of here. you. We're right next to you, Alex. And I'll, I'll be right next to you again next week on another enthralling edition. Bye now.